Hey friend, I have a holiday riddle for you. So this is the riddle. Where can you go and potentially win a personalized tarot reading from me or a one-on-one -on -one private session with Melissa Tears or David Bedrick or my own um, PR consultant or a one-on-one -on -one session with my own marketing director or my astrologer. <laughs> now, you're like, what? That's not even all of it. There are also other things you could win, like a signed copy of my book and like exclusive pre-release mugs, an Oracle deck that I designed and published only for my mastermind students, which you can't even buy even if you had the money for it because it's literally not available. All of these are prizes that I'm giving out. There's a total of 36 prizes and therefore 36 prize winners. You are going to be entered into a raffle from which you can earn any one of these incredible prizes when you do this. You're going to find a link in the show notes and you're going to click on the link. You're going to go to this page of my holiday fundraiser where, where I'm collaborating with an amazing organization called the Lifting Hands International. You're going to donate a minimum of $5. A $5 donation enters you into the into the raffle automatically. You don't have to submit any other form. The minimum is $5, but please feel free to give more because let me tell you where all the, the money is going. I'm partnering with an amazing organization called Lifting Hands International, and it is a small but powerful organization that is working with organizations and groups within Ukraine, local groups run by Ukraine, the Ukrainian people that are helping the most vulnerable and neglected rural villages where people are living in these houses that are have been just destroyed by the war. They have no heat, no running water, no electricity, and no means to reach the cities where some aid might be available. But then in many cases, even the cities are overextended. In other words, this money is going to help people who have very few other options for accessing food, water, electricity, safety. For as little as a $5 donation, you're going to be entered into this amazing raffle pool with 36 winners. You could totally be one of them. Now, I went on Instagram Live and talked to the director of Lifting Hands International to hear a little bit more about what the needs are in Ukraine. And it is enlightening. It is moving. It is compelling. Please have a listen and get your holiday feel good. Give to the fundraiser and go into 2023 feeling really great about yourself. Here, let me introduce you to my partner in this, Haley Smith, the director of Lifting Hands International. I'm going to break it down into really simple pieces. A lot of people, and I'm guilty of this, but before I started LHI seven years ago, I assumed that large organizations like the UN, UNHCR, Red Cross, as great as they are, I thought they just took care of everything. And, and so that's why people give them money. And statistically, though, when you look at uh, efforts like in Ukraine, the vast majority of work, like really important work, is being done by small local groups that have just formed uh, spontaneously and aren't even registered sometimes. And it's because they know the lay of the land better than anyone. And they know what to do. They know how to reach the most vulnerable people. And they have the connections. They speak the language, right? And so like what's happening in this case is Ukraine is getting a lot of uh, help from the large organizations. Again, I don't want to demonize them or vilify them, 
But the large organizations are doing things like just dumping aid right across the border from Poland into Ukraine, but they're not providing ways to get it out to the front lines. This is one of the many kind of problems that's happening. And so what's happening is a lot of the small organizations, local organizations are responsible for getting the aid from the West to the like really dangerous parts in the East. And how to do that, like they have to have vans, they have to have fuel, they have to have manpower. And so in the beginning, that was kind of possible, but people after a couple months, they have to get back to work, they have to take care of their families or they flee. And it just, it leaves, it just, it leaves it up to the, to the locals to get the work done. Um, and so lots of money is pouring into Ukraine, but it's just, we're not really seeing where it's going, but what we're seeing is locals getting stuff done. And so what we do is we empower locals. We basically absorb them into our team and we, we we don't call them like, oh, you're part of LHI now. More, more of it is like, let us help you guys because you know what you're doing. You know how to get aid to these parts. You know the roads. You know uh, where the minefields are to avoid and, and such as that. And so that's what we're doing. And because, uh, because of your generous funding and your supporters' generous funding at the beginning of the year, we've been able to set up seven operating centers around Ukraine, not just in the West, but in the West, like, Lviv, Odessa, Kharkiv, Kriviri, all these places where we're getting aid to and then helping these teams disseminate the aid to the, the front lines. And not just aid, we're also, we've also set up, um, what do you call it, like what was going to be a bomb shelter, which is now turned, well, it is a bomb shelter, but it's now just a shelter for displaced women and children who can't afford to, to leave Ukraine. Um, it's in Lviv. And it's this beautiful environment. And so it's not just, right? It's not just distributing aid. It's creating environments. It's, uh, it's creating communities. It's uh, keeping people safe. And they've started their own business by dehydrating fruit and selling that. Um, it's just empowering the locals, basically. That's what we're doing. This might be a stupid question, but like in terms of the kind of help that people need in the Ukraine, it, the, the war started in February, which I remember because it was like, a day before my birthday how do you think the requirements of like you know of what would help them has changed if at all is it more or less the same stuff or are the needs changing it's okay so it depends on if you're if you're helping refugees outside of ukraine or if you're helping internally displaced people within ukraine those changes are kind of different like it, the outside of ukraine because you have lots of people fleeing outside those needs are kind of similar right you have like hygiene clothing housing lodging um, legal help and stuff like that. But within Ukraine, those changes need, uh, those, those needs change depending on the weather, depending on, on Russia's military activity and, and the shifting front lines. Uh, I've been to Ukraine, what, four times now since, since February. And every time I go, it's completely different. Uh, the front line will be completely different. Like I just went to Kherson region. I just went to Kharkiv, which three months ago, like I never would have gone. And that's because the front line has shifted so dramatically to a, to a different part. And, and then now the winter is so extreme and the damage that has been done already by Russia. Uh, we're not just talking about destroyed buildings. We're talking about just the shockwaves from missiles blasting windows out across cities. And now cold air is just rushing through and there's no electricity like half the time. I was in blackouts half the time I was there just a couple well, just last week. And uh, I'd go into shelters and people would just be wearing flashlights or cooking their at the soup kitchen we support. They'd be using, they'd be cooking these huge pots with, with flashlights on their heads. So it's, it's right now that is the immediate need. That's the, the locals we talk to, like the local teams that we've absorbed 
and also the beneficiaries are all talking about the cold right now. That's like, that's, that's what we, that's how we know what to do is by talking to the locals. Right now it's wood and it's heat and it's electricity. And this sounds horrible, but like the reason they need wood, I mean, there's lots of woods in Ukraine, but especially in the East, the forests have all been mined. Like Russia, when they left Kherson and Kharkiv region, they left minefields. And so it's really dangerous for people to go out and try to gather firewood. And so Russia has targeted some of the, just, just the most basic infrastructure, not just electricity, but also warehouses that, that contain wood pellets and, and things like that. So it's, it's pretty brutal. So right now it's all about survival. It's all about the winter. Um, okay, so we're raising money. We are doing this fundraiser and it, we tell you all a little bit about, about it. I have pulled together a truly one of my followers called an eye-popping list of uh, raffle prizes and it truly is eye-popping. One-on-one sessions with some amazing coaches, teachers, a whole bunch of really awesome swag that you can't buy even if you wanted because they're I've made them exclusive for one of my for one reason or another. Um, really, really amazing stuff. All you need to do is to donate five dollars to be able to be entered into the raffle automatically. You don't have to do anything except to do- donate five dollars or more. And um, it's been not a full day, and we have raised more than ten thousand dollars so far, which is so amazing. And I think the vast majority has been these five dollar donations, and I, it's been amazing. I want to let everyone know that every dollar that you give, it sounds like a cliche, but it's true. Every dollar counts and every $5 makes a difference. And give people, um, I know that you, you were already talking about it, Haley, but just give people an idea of like, hey, I give $5, I give $10, $15. What's that going to do? Yeah, sure. So right now, so I just talked about going to the Kharkiv region. So Kharkiv was, was a lot of the region itself was occupied and recently liberated. And we went around and we visited multiple villages, not the city, Kharkiv is, is still around. It's been heavily damaged, yes. Lots of windows blown out, yes. And, uh, but we are interested in, in empowering a team there, a team of women that we met last week who go out to the villages. Lots of Ukraine is very rural. And um, a lot of people live kind of, a lot of elderly live out in rural villages. And so when Russia left, a lot of the, the aid rushed into the city of Kharkiv, but not necessarily the region of Kharkiv. And so this local team that we went around with, we went and vi- visited several villages and it was shocking because the villages, some of the villages still have no water, haven't had water in 10 months, haven't had electricity in 10 months, right? How have they and been surviving? Pumps, like water like, pumps and generators. Please. Yep. And and um, destroyed buildings, like the center of one town is, is a school that's just a blown out building now. Um, and another village we drove through, I, was, I thought they were just giving us a tour of destruction. I, we had a translator with us, but he was so busy talking with them that I was kind of just along for the ride. We're driving through this village that every single house is just gone or just in rubble. Um, and then we stopped in the middle of this little town and we got out and the distribution van behind us started unloading and people came out from their homes. Okay, wait, what's going on here? So this town is 90% destroyed, but people are still living there because they can't afford to go somewhere else. Or if they go to Kharkiv, for example, where would they live? They would live somewhere that has blown out windows. Um, Can they go to Lviv in the West? Well, maybe, but that Lviv is so um, saturated with 
internally displaced refugees that there's not really a place or they have to have tons of money to survive or to get there. And so that's the, those are the types of people that we're trying to, to get to is the most vulnerable, the most forgotten people who are just literally surviving. And it's crazy because like, we're not sure where the UN is. We don't know if the UN even knows about these towns. Maybe the UN knows that those towns have been heavily damaged and mined, but they don't know that people are still living there. Um, and so it's kind of like that. It's not all of the villages we're supporting there are destroyed. That's just one example, but there's, it's just, it's that whole rural versus this is urban um, aid that we see a lot. And the same in Moldova, we're helping a lot in Moldova, which is just the tiny country Southwest border shares like 700 miles of border with Ukraine. Lots of aid is going to the capital of Moldova, but the rural parts where lots of the refugee, you know, Ukrainian refugees are living, we're not getting any support. So it's kind of like that. We want to help the most vulnerable, uh, vulnerable people. And we want to empower the people who can help the most. And that is helping locals get, get the aid done and helping them register. Like we haven't just supported these groups, but we've helped them register. And we want to build their capacity so that they can eventually stand on their own and not have to um, you know, have LHI support. That's our kind of long-term plan, at least. I, you know, I've been, I was telling Haley, you know, ever since we met that I have worked for nonprofit um, organizations. I have worked in nonprofit funding and program um, management. And it's important to me that we direct money towards nonprofits that are actually doing on the ground work and where the money is actually going to the people that need help and not bloated administration, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And LHI is just such a shining example of, you know, incredible management, incredible use of funds that puts the power and the resources directly in the hands of local organizations on the ground who are doing the actual work with people where every dollar is going to them. So I want to let everyone know what an extraordinary organization it is. Was it what an extraordinary opportunity we have to make a difference um, for most of us in, in, in a place that's really far away. You just need to donate a minimum of $5 price of a cup of latte um, to automatically enter the raffle. And please go take a look at the list of prizes. I am a little obsessed because it's so fun. Any last words, anything you want, you really want people to know about Ukraine or this fundraiser or anything? Yeah, I, just very briefly, I just, the, the organization, I started the organization as a passion project. I speak Arabic and I, it just, I started working in response to the Syrian refugee crisis. And so I work really closely with people. I didn't expect LHI to last because it was all about just getting the work done in an emergency, in a, in a crisis situation. But the more people I brought on board, like our operations director, is an expert in operation, an expert in finance. He has a PhD in nonprofit management and he is like the purest soul. And then we brought more people on who just have this expertise. And so I would say that our, our organization is small, but we're, we're just kind of expert at what we do. And our overhead is, is pretty low, like pretty dang low, actually maybe too low because we're trying to work on, we really want to make sure we're taking care of our people. And we've got centers, we've got a center, a community center in Greece, we've got this, milk goat distribution program in Jordan because that's what the Syrian refugees asked me for is milk goats because they're not going back home. They've been there for 10 years. Right. And so uh, it's one of the, it's a small organization. We really are egoless. Like you'll see me in a lot of pictures, but that's just kind of, yeah, that's marketing. We kind of have to, but it's the pic the pictures we choose are like 
this is the, these are our, my friends that I've met here, right? It's, it's a, uh, we try to be as like authentic and transparent and, and um, yeah, just honest and open as much as we can. Like basically you can trust us and we're small and we're powerful. Yes, small and mighty. Yeah. Um, so let's go. We've got about 40 grand to go. We're gonna do it. And we're going to deliver some aid to um, some of the most vulnerable and neglected, sounds like, populations in Ukraine. And you guys, you want to take some good karma with you into the new year. It's going to make everything better in your life. <laughs> All right, Haley. I think so. Thanks, Simone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, and we'll talk to you later. All right. Bye. Hey. Hey, once again, you can find the link to the fundraiser in the show notes, or you can simply go to www.liftinghandsinternational.org slash Simone. Give $5 or more, get some of those holiday warm and fuzzies knowing that you really helped someone in need and happy holidays, happy new year. I'll talk to you next week.